0: Hello, this is Larry Dilbra with the M&M Podcast. We've got a terrific chat today. Um, it's a podcast about podcasts with Michael Parisi, who is the CEO of GuideMark Health, and Jackie Singley, who's the head of engagement at GuideMark Health. Um, we'll move on to them in one second, but before we do, we have one or two of our usual plugs. The M&M Awards submission deadline has been pushed back to April 22nd. So uh, please submit. Um, we are looking forward to, at some point, all getting together and celebrating the amazing work, not just that happened before, everything that's gone on over the last week or so, but all the work that's happening during it. Um, also, we have one of our web, we have our virtual event, mm and Convene sponsored by eProperties on April 16th. Um, there's a lot of wonderful information about how the industry is managing through this crisis. We'd love to have you be a part of it. So um, check out our website for more details. All right. Let's move on to the podcast. Michael and Jackie, welcome. And thank you so much for joining us remotely.
1: Thank Thanks you. For Thanks happening.
0: for having us. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, it's interesting. We've, we've spoken about this before, but, you know, it, it seems that now one of the ways that we are connecting, you know, is podcasts are connecting us in a way that some, you know, more standard, more mainstream, more traditional communication um, used to. So um, let's let's talk a little about that, I guess. The first question is kind of the broadest thing I can ask you. Why do you think podcast consumption is on the rise, especially within the health and wellness sectors?
1: Yeah, Larry, Um, thank you so much. I'm going to take one second and then I'm really going to hand off to Jackie. This is something that has really been a passion project and an area that Jackie's been digging into. And she approached me uh, over a year ago, just over a year ago and just mentioned the importance of podcasts and um, almost at the time of it being a kind of a horizon line of, of why this is important and why it's just potentially the right channel for healthcare. Uh, I think now more than ever, as we think about, you know, the events of the world and staying informed, engaged, keeping our minds sharp and fresh and having different channels to consume really quality content, it, it's never been more, uh, important. Um, With that, I'm actually going to turn to Jackie because she has a lot of specifics and some details that I know will help to kind of inform what she's been saying over the last year.
2: Yeah, great. Thanks, Michael. So, I mean, there really is no doubt that podcast consumption is on the rise. Um, So we have our reasons on why we think especially in healthcare. but I think it's good to kind of ground yourself and actually look at some statistics. So folks listening to this podcast clearly see the value and understand and and consume this channel. Um, but the stats are pretty astounding. So there's upward of like 70 million Americans that listen to podcasts each month. Um, that's from Edison Research. And depending on where you're looking, um, the numbers can slightly a bit uh, slightly differ. Um, but what we see also is that those that consume podcasts are, you know, hyper consumers. So on average uh, among weekly podcast listeners, Um, They listen to about seven per week. So this is a channel that has a very hyper-focused and engaged audience. I think from, you know, our perspective, what really intrigued me and why I've been very focused on podcasts is that, you know, we believe they really have the power to form communities, kind of what you saw with, you know, the introduction of social media. Um, These are communities. Um, And, you know, here's why, you know, what we mean and why why we think that. Um, they're clearly an outlet for the patient voice, um, you you know, to tell a patient experience in a raw, you know, very emotional way. There's either essentially frictionless, conversational, timely, educational, and informational. Like I could keep going on all of the, um, benefits and the value of podcasts.
0: You know, it's interesting. Uh, Obviously we agree in
2: their value, you know, which
0: is one of the reasons we are podcasting today. And especially in the health and wellness field, do you, do you think there was kind of a, you know, not to use the cliche, but kind of a tipping point moment where people said, wait a second, this is something we can be doing, something we should be doing and something that we can do well. Um, I know everybody points to the first serial as, you know, kind of the first true crime podcast as one that kind of sparked a lot of interest where maybe there wasn't as much enthusiasm before. What, what do you think was sort of the seminal moment for health and wellness podcasting? Yep.
1: So, you know, I, um, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Uh, one thing I, I wanted to mention is, you know, in healthcare and, and we've been talking about this Larry, for a while that health and wellness and healthcare in general, as a consumer topic is really, it's been on the rise in terms of volume of content, importance of content, individuals being more responsible for their own health. Um, so the, honestly, the quality of the content has gotten better across all channels uh, and consumable by more people and approachable by more people. Uh, I I really, it bothers me when healthcare is not on the bleeding edge of technology because I, in my heart, believe that it is the most important topic. So for us to lead as an industry in in a channel like a podcast, uh, I I think it's a really important uh, point in time especially now where we may see it accelerating. This may be an accelerating moment where we start to see, um, you know, more people engaging with podcasting. Jackie and I have debated this quite a bit and she wins the debate all the time about, um, you know, I'm a novice and I think, okay, great. I have a phone. I can do a, I I can create my own podcast. And while that may be true, um, Jackie will share with you some thoughts on just structure, quality, how the content and the quality of production's gone up. There are a lot of factors that are kind of contributing to to the rise uh, of podcasting in healthcare.
2: Yeah, yeah Jackie,
1: uh, why, don't,
0: why don't you tell us about some of those you know factors that are yeah. leading in? You know, it used to be you know there was this kind of impulse that well anybody can do this, but I think that's very much not
1: the case.
2: Yeah, Larry, I mean, I, I think I would just add though that you know I don't I don't believe we've ne- necessarily hit the tipping point um, to your previous question. I think everyone's taken notice of podcasts now, and, and that's more um, like the Joe Rogans of the world. Um, I know that's very far, somewhat far removed from healthcare, although he does discuss healthcare. But um, you know that got people to t- pay attention. But the whole purpose of this conversation today is to say there's a lot of great podcasts out there that people don't know about in our in our space, and that's really what we're excited to talk about. Um, I think we're going to hit that tipping point when people really start to listen to those and know where to find them um, and know what they're searching for that will help. So I just wanted to add on to that. Um, But in terms of, you know, what Michael was saying, you know, it isn't something that, you know, you have a microphone and you can do this. Um, There's quite a lot of thought uh, that goes into it. So, um, you know, things around format, um, you know, you really need to think about kind of erase the unicorns of the world, like the Joe Rogans, not everyone. Um, will be successful with, you know, an hour to hour long podcast. You have to think about questions around format. You have to think around um, as a brand, as a company, what are your strategic objectives? What are your your social objectives? Um, What are you trying to achieve? Um, Format in terms of just how you want to share the content, Uh, interview style, you know, in-depth interview versus more investigative journalism. Um, You know, there's, in a myriad of decisions that you have to make. Um, and you also have to really think about and determine upfront what a success looks like for you. Um, and those those numbers to understand kind of how other podcasts are performing, um, they're very hard to get at uh, for a number of reasons, but there is some data out there. Um, so they say, you know, there was some research that just said you know uh the medium over like and right now there's somewhere upwards of like nine hundred thousand shows that are available. Um, the number the median for the downloads is hundred and sixty per episode. So if you think about that, um, it's pretty you know you really have to understand where your bar is and what what you're trying to achieve because someone may be very disappointed with that, um, but that not is not necessarily bad.
0: Uh, to that end, um, Jackie,
2: what what are some of the
0: mistakes that you see being made with some of the podcasts that are you know kind of trickling out now? Um, you yeah, I think one of the inclinations is that yeah, I think everybody knows okay, we're going to do a podcast about X. Um, and really, I think at this point there are lots of podcasts about X. Um, is specificity something that especially within health and wellness? Is something that people really need to focus on at this point? Or can something that shoots a little bit broader still generate the degree of enthusiasm and listenership?
2: I think it's a yes and and no answer. So I think that, you know, you have to apply some of the same principles of content marketing. Um, you know, and I've heard, I've heard, you know, we've heard things like niche down three times. But the problem with that is if you go too narrow, you will potentially run out of content or perspective um so you want to it's a balance and you want to be careful um i don't know if that helps answer but um you know also a mistake that you know i i've seen is that um someone is so hyper focused on quality uh no matter how well produced um your your show is it won't overcome content you have to have the content you have to have the perspective um and you have to be someone that folks can relate to or they respect because you're an expert. Um, I think expertise is really critical in this channel because your earlier point, um, anyone can talk into a microphone. It's what you bring to the table as an expert. Um, and we can, I think when we talk about some of the podcasts that we really like, um, this will kind of summarize all of these discussions and really bring what we're saying to life.
0: Um, to to an extent, this is again a very broad question. Do, do you think so far health and wellness has taken full advantage of the opportunities that podcasts afford? Um, you know, some of the some of the podcasts I'm sure we're going to discuss. Whether it's um something you know, the antigen by Pfizer, or, um cancer out loud from cancer care, um, ha- have we started to tap the potential of the channel and the medium? Have we? It's start. Have we actually gotten in there and you know have enough good cases that we can take it to some other people and be like, listen, here is a reason why you should be doing this. Tell me where we are really in the in the evolution of the health and wellness podcast.
2: Yeah, I think we are starting there. I, mean, I think we are off and running. I think we're adopting the channel as an industry um, quicker than we did with um, social, you know, online social. So. Um, you know, you are seeing, I'm very excited to see some of the large, um, you know, pharma companies um, producing content in this form and, and quite well, if I ask on my dad. And I think that, you know, the patient, the patient ones, what we're, what we're maybe not tapping into as well is actually listening. So, you know, we work a lot in rare disease and a lot of what I hear um, from colleagues, partners, clients is it's so hard to find the patients. I mean, they're, they're right here. We're really not doing a very good job of listening. Um, And part of that is just, you know, that is very hard. You have to kind of know what you're looking for. Um, Word of mouth, someone telling you about, you know, the cancer out loud, uh, cancer care out loud podcast, for example, if you went into, you know, Apple Podcasts and you just searched, um, you know, cancer, it's not going to come up. I mean, there's 900,000 shows. I don't know how many within health and wellness off the top of my head. But you have a screen the size of your hand. That's what you're getting. Um, you have to be kind of specific in in your searching. And I think that will get better over time. But um, unfortunately, you know, that's kind of the impetus for this podcast was to you know let's start curating this this audio landscape for folks. Um, start the conversation. Hopefully, inspire people that listen to this to then. Um, do some more research and and spend the time, you know, trying to search with different keywords or talking to others about what they've been listening to. Um, There's a lot, there's a really rich um, conversation going on. You just have to find it.
0: Jackie, to that end, um, you know, you've already touched on this a little bit, and so has Michael, obviously, but um, how do you think industry can most effectively utilize the channel? You know, what what are some of the Tactics or strategies that you know health and wellness companies and patient communities and everyone else can tap to do this really well to to get involved audiences that stick around beyond a given topic that interests
2: them i mean the first thing the first and obvious thing you can do is actually become like a producer um, come up with content and actually produce a show i mean there's a lot of um it's not something that you know people think is easy, but it does take time. There's a lot of planning. You can do that. I mean, you can look to sponsor um podcasts. You know, there's there's definitely some out there where you know if you are able to sponsor content, you're supporting that community. There's a lot of value in there, and that again may be exactly what you need from kind of a social objective, like I was talking about earlier. Um, the other really um, great use is enduring content. So think about things that you're doing in other channels and you have people, uh, folks that really like this medium um, that you can kind of repurpose or show uh, recordings um, of other events and, that you're doing. Um, I think it can be a really good use that way as well.
1: Larry, just to add to that, I'd, I'd say, you know, one thing that I'd love to see the industry do and, and really, you know, leaning on on the great folks at MM&M to, to do this is, um, People have to just get involved or get involved with a podcast, even outside of healthcare, just dive into the channel and and start to identify those that you like, understand as a marketer, why you like them. And that'll help you to understand the channel a bit more. I, I still think there are too many people speaking about podcasting from the outside and, and not even engaging and saying, yeah, here's my list. Um, I, you know, we, we have to do a better job of just helping people Because it is intimidating. You don't know where to search. There are so many available. And I just had this conversation with my wife last night. She said, I don't even know where to start. And um, getting people, helping folks to just get involved, identify, you know, if you have a hobby, great, go deep in there. And then you start to apply it to your day-to-day business. Um, That's how I think we'll just start to open up the ideas. and, And really, the ideas will start flooding around healthcare and health and wellness.
0: Yeah. And to, to, to that end, how much how much of a role do you think word of mouth plays in generating enthusiasm for a given podcast, whether in health or anywhere else? Um, there, there was a podcast that was out probably about two or three weeks ago. And the premise was somebody came to a kind of a solve it type podcast with a song that was in his head that he couldn't find anywhere on the Internet. They wound up searching for it like mad. And, you know, sure enough, at the very end of a 50 minute journey, they wound up finding the song. Which was terrible but that's a different story um you know i found that i found that just because a whole bunch of people said hey you know you'd love this thing how 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 much does word of mouth how much of a role does word of mouth play in you know in kind of making a podcast for lack of a better way to put it
2: larry if someone if if someone didn't tell you about that you would have never found it actually searching on your own through Mm -hmm. through one of the um distribution channels So the other important thing is if you're thinking of putting out part of your plan is actually a promotion plan and word of mouth is critical, but you can also supplement that with other things. I mean, my background is media, so um, there's definitely ways to promote and cross promote um, across other channels like a YouTube or other social vehicles. So I mean, you want to definitely promote um, so that people know what to look for.
1: Yeah, and I do think the word of mouth and, and really this is why the community itself, the whatever community it is, and Jackie mentioned we do a lot of work in rare disease, um, a lot of these communities are super connected. And making sure that the community knows uh, and they share lists and they're, you know, communicating with each other. I know when I, I get my friends saying, Oh, I just listen you have to listen to this podcast on, you know, veganism or uh, plant based diets. And it's typically, that's where I get most of my, my uh, uh, list comes from friends that are consuming different things they know I'm interested in. So I think we have to do a better job of getting to the communities.
0: To, to that end, you brought up the rare disease community. And I think that's one that has done A, an excellent job of you know creating incredible content, but B, also an excellent job of getting it out there and getting people not just affected by the condition that they're talking about involved. Um, yeah, obviously, yep. GuideMark is a rare disease. You know, has ton of rare disease experience. What What do you think this community has done in a way that others haven't? Is there some magic formula that they've stumbled upon, or is it just hey, you know, you have good content, people are going to find it?
1: Well, it's it, there's no magic formula. I think the I, I'm always inspired by every rare community that we meet. It's um, some of these stories are incredible. But I'd say the thing, and we're doing some research right now in, in a rare form of lung cancer, the willingness of these individuals to help each other or someone like them is just absolutely incredible. So there's this underlying desire to want to connect information and people um, to help overcome that overwhelming feeling of isolation they feel when they're given a diagnosis. So um, that sharing and that, I, I call that philanthropy in a way because it is you know people helping each other. It's not a dollar donation, but it is, in many ways. I've got ideas. I have tips on how to deal with this, and they want to share it with others. So, I'd say the magic formula is really a willingness and desire to to connect and help others.
0: Uh, to that end, you know, Jackie, you've teased this a little bit, but let's let's go over a couple of the podcasts that you know we like, the ones that have kind of broken through, and you know maybe see if we can find a thread among them. That kind of says, all right, you know, if you're doing some of these things, you know, you're on the right road. Uh, what are some of the examples of the podcasts you listen to most regularly?
2: Um, sure. Yeah, I think we, I tried to come up with some examples to share today that kind of encapsulate some of the different formats that we were talking about. And um, the one I, I really like is Uninvisible with Lauren Friedman. Um, For starters, I just think she has an amazing uh, radio voice, which I thought actually before I read that she is a voice actor, so that makes sense, Um, but she lives with um, Hashimoto's disease and sleep disorders, so I think in her case, her personal journey really makes her an expert on um, invisible disease, which I think is just such a great name for this podcast on bringing an invisible disease to um, the forefront. Um, And I think that that is, you know, her own personal journey is why she's asking the right questions. So she has this in-depth interview format that I was talking about. Um, People are really sharing and they're sharing a lot, a lot of details. So, um, you know, how to navigate work life when you have an invisible condition, um, how to be your own best advocate. It's just really full of, like, great advice, Um, back to Michael's point about not feeling alone or feeling like you're the only one struggling with these challenges. Um, and I think the common thread, even though she's talking to people, um, you know, very c- clinically different, um, disorders and conditions, there's a lot of common thread in terms of the challenges that, that people are facing in terms of their, you know, it's very personalized, but yet there's these common threads. And, um, it's just, I think she's just doing an amazing job and really like what she's doing. Um, so that's one I would, I would call up. I I want to jump in with another one, or I can keep going. <laughs> oh,
0: oh, sure, sure. Um, you know, I, I know um, one of the ones that we, you know, talked about previously was um, SiriusXM Doctor Radio's uh, coronavirus podcast. Uh, yeah. To, to to me, that that almost that almost came out fully formed. I remember listening to the first episode and thinking, wow, you know, how how do you how do you nail the voice? this quickly i mean certainly you know there have been a very unique set of circumstances here but i thought they got it right right out of the bat T- tell me a little bit about that one
2: yeah so that one is a really great example of what i was i i think it's a great example of enduring contests um which i was talking about earlier they've, they've got this 24 7 channel now on sirius xm and they're repurposing that content um you know and we we have folks now that you know you can I always go back to research, but what are people doing while they're listening to podcasts? Well, it, they're, um, they're driving, which people are doing less of these days, hopefully, um, but they're walking a lot more. Um, so what they're doing is they're taking, you know, this content, which is great, by the way, and can re- it really goes into like any question you could possibly have. And it's all from experts, which is really important, right? It's COVID-19 and allergy season. So people that are starting to have scratchy throat and they're like, you know, getting nervous and how to navigate that or parenting tips during this crisis. So, you know, you can take it on your walk. have um, really just, that's why I feel it does seem like they kind of hit the ground running um, in terms of a production standpoint, but it's a great use of enduring content.
0: Um, another, another podcast I'd like to discuss with you, um, you know, The Antigen by Pfizer. Um, certainly, they took one of their specialties and, you know, kind of broadened it out in a way that I think was really palatable for a bigger audience. But um, Eli Lilly is doing a wonderful podcast. Um, Genentech's podcast is wonderful. Um, what, what What do you think pharma can do to, you know, kind of have more of these? Um, I mean, sh- obviously, you don't want to take what one company is doing, slap their own right. name on it, and then you know, turn it around <laughs> and you know, do the same thing. But you know, what yeah. what can pharma, you know, companies who have been traditionally, you know, a little reluctant to, you know, toot their own horn, what what can they do to kind of build on these successes?
2: yeah no the the antigen i mean the production quality is it's just very it's very investigative journalistic in in its approach, and it's just captivating, it's very, very well done um, but i think from from an industry perspective, I would step back and say, you know this is an industry that you know fairly or unfairly i i believe um, is sometimes shrouded by negativity, and this is a channel where you really can share the stories from the inside out. Um, I think it's a powerful channel. We know that, you know, again, I'm a media person. So I know that, you know, when the listeners of podcasts are more willing to consider buying and purchasing products and services after hearing about them. So I'm not here to sell something through a podcast, but what it does is it changes behavior. So it's a powerful medium. It's one where I think that pharma um you know, experts from within the walls, and can talk about innovation, R and D. They can talk about how they partner with um, advocacy. Really, anything goes as long as you're authentic and transparent. And philanthropy. I mean, it is you. You should be sharing what you're doing. Um, it's that's important for people to know. And I think this is a channel where you can really kind of change um, perception. So I think there's a lot more we can do it do. And I'm really excited about what I have been seeing. I I love. Um, you know, the two scientists walk into a bar from Genentech, and these are, yes. these are great, and um, they're opening their doors. I mean, you do a podcast, um, you're opening the door to the public to come in. Um, so I think it's it's just a really powerful channel.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, Jackie, what's, what's so interesting, I'm sorry, please continue, Mike.
1: Yeah, I was just going to add to that. I mean, look, this is, um, our industry is uh, loaded with super talented, amazing scientists, marketers, advocates, and we don't uh, do enough to to bring that forward. And, And this is not a 10 second news clip or somebody that's going to get quoted in an article. This is a long form that does give you the opportunity to share some of the complexities. You know, why can't we just get a vaccine? Well, it's a very complex process, and without burdening everyone or trying to turn the world into scientists, use it as an opportunity to educate and inform about the industry and how complex it is. More importantly, the passion and the and the wonderful people behind it, you know, that work every day to try and cure illness, cure disease, uh, help make things just a little bit better. I would love to see the trade organization, pharma or bio, you know, really embrace the channel and do a better job of educating on different platforms of innovation, clinical trial participation, the importance of that. Um, and, and really, you know, put a stake in the ground and say we are going to um, brand and create a channel that opens up this conversation a little bit more.
0: All right. Yeah, to that end, yeah. The you know, I was listening to an episode of the antigen to prepare for this and it was a day or two ago. And you know, my wife came in, she's like, what are you listening to? So I told her and she listened for, you know, maybe two or three minutes and she's like you know, why don't we hear more of this? So it's like, well, mm-hmm. you know, there really haven't traditionally been that many opportunities. And the idea that, you know, we're finally availing ourselves of some of those opportunities that that to me can only be a good trend.
2: Yeah, yeah. absolutely.
0: Yeah. All right. All right. One last question for you both. Um, you know, any question that looks into the future is almost impossible because, you know, I don't think anybody knows what's going to be happening next week, much less, you know, a couple of months and years down the road. But you know, if we're having this conversation again about podcasts, maybe in six months and nine months, um, how how quickly are we going to see what's going on with coronavirus change even our podcast listening habits? Um, I think listenership has been a little bit down over the last month simply because people aren't in their cars, there aren't the commutes that podcasts are, you know, such a good friend during those. Um, what what's next? Um, and maybe to a certain extent, who who should be in this game that's not already. Um,
2: all right. Well, I can go first. Uh, you know, I think that from a trend perspective, we we were numbers were looking like we'd hit about a million shows come spring. So obviously, that could be impacted um, based on the current crisis. But you know, as far as like a trend that that I really feel strongly about is that I I think we're going to start seeing what I'm calling podcast first brands, where you know communities. Start with a podcast, but then they branch into other channels like online support groups or publishing. Um, in, in my opinion, the podcast becomes the center of a more comprehensive content experience in the future, versus um, the other way around. Right? Which often, right now, we have um, you know publishers that are now adding podcasts um, to their arsenal. I, I think we're going to have a lot of podcasts first. So um, that's my opinion.
1: Yeah, and and I do think um, these incredible times that we're living in are um, really forcing us to look at everything differently. And it's, Larry, to the original part of your question, it's hard to tell what tomorrow's going to bring. But I do in my my heart believe that this is um, forcing, and in some cases, channels like podcasts, uh, they're going to be forced into this accelerated process. Um, You know, I really, I hope to see more rare communities, getting engaged with the channel, perhaps even sharing and collaborating, you know, best practices of living through a crisis, whether that crisis is a diagnosis or a global crisis like we're in right now, and some topics that can bring diverse points of view together that can help individual patient communities, and maybe pharma's the catalyst to bring those folks together, um, but it could be a really interesting and creative time for, for the channel.
0: Absolutely. A farm is so well positioned to be able to do that. And, uh, you know, let, let's see what happens. You know, a lot of creativity has already come out of these last couple of crazy weeks. You know, hopefully, uh, hopefully that will be translated in the podcast arena as well.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh-huh. All right. I know we're going to be talking to both of you about this much more in the upcoming months, but thank you so much for this. Um, I'm, you know, whatever comes next, we're going to we're going to we're going to bug you again about this. So thank you very no, much we, for your time here today.
2: Yeah, we look forward, forward to that. To so thank yeah. you.
0: All right. All right. Stay Terrific. safe and, and stay well. Right. Thank you. And we and wish everyone well. Amen. And for the yeah. M&M podcast, this is Larry Dobrow. Thank you so much to Michael and Jackie from Guide Mark Health. We will be back with another podcast in a couple days. Uh, be safe and well, everybody, and take care.